Hello and welcome to another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. Today's episode is with Jake Paul. We talk about his job at F1, brand marketing, sports sponsorships and his LinkedIn advert. Hope you enjoy the show and here is a word from our sponsor. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Logo Package Express. I've been using Logo Package for a while now and it's really helped my export times and that in turn helps out my clients. The Logo Package has been a widely uh, talked about subject within the design community and uh, is used by all the top designers to speed up their exporting time. It's an extension for Illustrator that can automatically help you export, sort and organize hundreds of logo files in under five minutes. This is how easy it is to use Logo Package Express. One. Open up your logo file and set it in the extension. Two, adjust the settings and click make logo button. And from there, every logo variation can be generated from that single piece of artwork. Step three, click export and see all of your logo files exported neatly into an organized structure. Step four, send your logo package to your client and get back to doing awesome work. Now, if you compare that to your general exporting time and exporting all the files one by one, you've saved a lot of time by using Logo Package Express. Not to mention the handiness of it sorting itself out into a neat folder. Normally exporting your logo different variations, your logo type and your files would take more than an hour to do, but this with Logo Package Express takes under five minutes. Why would you ever want to go through that long process again when you've got Logo Package Express? Spend time making logos rather than exporting them with Logo Package Express. You can find a $20 discount via our Creative Waffle link down in the description of this podcast. Thank you very much. On to the show. So uh, welcome, welcome to the podcast, just like that. Um, um, yeah, welcome. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, first off, thanks for um, having me. Um, yeah, ready ready to chat. Let's let's do it. Cool. Um, yeah, so, so for people who don't know who you are, who are you? Uh, so I'm I'm Jake Paul. I'm the less famous um, YouTuber. <laughs> it must be so annoying, <laughs> that, doesn't it? That's yeah, it's... It's very weird to me as well because it was always like, um, you know, in school, no one had that name. Like, mm. obviously, it's not, you know, a Steve Brown. It's not mm. like a Tom Smith. It's it's kind of, yeah, its own thing. So it's very kind of weird to me to have a famous person. I mean, I thought Aaron Paul from, like, Breaking Bad was yeah. kind of, you know, that's that's that. Or Chris Paul, um, the basketball player. So I was like, oh, there, there's, there are some balls dotting around here and there. But, yeah, yeah, now we've got this affiliation. Um, yeah, it is what it is, really. Um, but, yeah, long story short, I'm a graphic designer for um, Formula One. Um, yeah, I've been doing this for Formula One now for, I think, end of next month is my two-year anniversary. Um, oh, congratulations. Oh, thanks. Um, and yeah, yeah, I guess uh, graphic designer is probably one of my one of my hats at this point. Um, started to dabble into into YouTube and and sort of trying to put uh, a, a face to the tweets. I guess mm. that's probably the, the best way to put it. And yeah, yeah, I, I guess it's it's just trying to be a, a sort of voice to. Um, you know the concept of not having a degree or a qualification or you know the traditional um you know route into into a career or an industry and um yeah i think it was 2017 i kind of fell into um sport fell into formula one and yeah it's been a it's been a wild ride since then nice have you always been a formula one fan or is it just sort of no hell no um, I was at the interview for the, um, so my first sports job was an agency and I went to the interview and I didn't know, um, 
I didn't know a thing about F1. I was like, oh, like I could go in there and I could like just read up on loads of stats and like, oh, so and so won this race and yeah. this thing happened. I was like, there's just no point. Like I can't maintain that. Like it's not something I at that point I was interested in. So I was like, this is just a waste of everyone's time. So um, during the interview, they were like, you know, do you do you watch Formula One? I was like, is Lewis Hamilton still a, a thing? Like, is, is he still McLaren? <laughs> they still do it. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I couldn't even tell you that. I, I knew Michael <laughs> Schumacher. I wouldn't have been able to tell you Jensen Button. Um, yeah, Lewis was probably the only relevant person. I was kind of. I'm sure Schumacher's retired, but yeah. Luckily for me, they were all. They were all. You know, like. Um, yeah, they they were like we're not massive massive fans by any means, and and I think that's kind of rung true throughout sort of my sports journey. Um, just because you work in a sport or an area doesn't mean that people are like diehard fans of that sport it's actually kind of a good thing that you're not um at least that's kind of how people yeah i think it brings because you bring something new to the table that way if you're just a diehard Mm. fan odds are you think that everything is already 9.5 out of 10 and maybe you can incrementally get it up to 9.6 Whereas, you know, if you're if you're someone who hasn't grown up around the sport, you've got no preconceived ideas about it. You don't know, you know, your Schumachers from your buttons to your Alonzos, etc. Um, you just come in with a completely new mindset, completely new ideas that are fresh rather than someone just being like, oh, in 1991, that graphic that came up, we should do it again. But, in a, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, a, it's a very different thing. Yeah, I noticed that at Arsenal, a lot of people... Um, either don't like football, or don't, or don't you know, don't really follow football, or they don't support Arsenal. I, there's a lot of people of Arsenal don't support Arsenal, including myself. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's a it's, a, it's an interesting one. Um, how, how you can work for a company but still be removed. I think I, I don't know about you working for like the organisation as a whole. Like if I worked for Premier League, I think it would be um, a bit different. But with working for a specific football club, you sort of have to remove yourself from the the actual like on pitch. Uh, results because um, if you did that then you'd be sort of like right now you'd be sort of a bit sad all the time <laughs> um, you know, yeah you, if you, yeah are you a football fan at all uh man united united um, oh. i'm surrounded by <laughs> arsenal fans so my ah. sympathies are quite skin deep um i had to listen to a lot of flack over the last must be coming up well what eight years removed from fergie now so I remember when we were in, you know, sixth, and that was what Arsenal fans were leveling at us. A couple of been eight years. That's crazy. Feels like a long time. I literally felt like, I don't know, my granddad had died. That was yeah. devastating. It was, it was such a big part of of your sort of life. You know, me growing up, I was mm. born in ninety one, and the only person that was like a constant through from nineteen ninety one up until twenty thirteen was Sir Alex Ferguson on TV. And we won the treble on my eighth birthday. Um, you know, nice. there's all these like landmarks. And it's like Fergie's there, Fergie's there. I've never met him. I've got no affiliation with him. But it's like you're on TV, granddad or something. And yeah, so when yeah, he yeah. retired, it's like, Ugh! you know, it's, it's <laughs> devastating. So um, at least he retired yeah. and didn't go to another club, though. It would have been worse if he went to somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, I'm dealing with that now as a as a diehard Patriots fan watching Brady lift a Super Bowl uh-huh. with the Buccaneers. Uh, on Sunday, that's um, yeah. I'm still not sure how I feel about that. It's like watching your ex get married with someone else. You know, having kids now, <laughs> they look really happy. On one hand, you're happy for them, but on the other hand, you yeah, you want to curl up and die. 
<laughs> I think that's how exactly how I feel with uh, when Klopp leaves. Um, yeah, I'm a Liverpool fan, so I think when Klopp leaves, uh, it'd be it'd be devastating. Um, yeah, depends how he goes out though. If if he's on a twenty losing streak, I don't think you'll mind too much. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, yeah, yeah. But if it's, it's like just like Fogey, the legacy will still be there. You know, Champions League, turning the club around, the story he had. First interview, he said we're going to win the league in four years, and he did it. And like, ah, legend. Yeah, yeah. Um, as soon as someone does stuff like that, it's hard to replace it. But I think when you look at Arsenal and Wenger, mm. it's a bit of a weird thing. You know, if he'd retired a couple of years removed from the Invincibles, then mm. maybe Arsenal fans and football fans would look at him in a different light. But how many years of fourth? How many years of you know, like the best they ever got was like an FA Cup, and yeah, maybe going yeah. out. In the, Maybe in the semis, I, I can't remember off the top of my head, but it, it just, you know, you, you don't want to outstay your welcome. And likewise, you, you don't want to do something that tarnishes all that hard work. And not to say he's had a, he's had a bad time of it and he didn't do good stuff. Mm. It's just not, it's not the same as when you look at Ferguson and what he did and sustained and the legendary stuff. You know, you, you can't win anything with kids. You can't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, first guy to do the treble in, in English football, stuff like that. It's it's crazy. Yeah. I mean I mean yeah, you know, Arsenal won a couple of FA Cups since since that Invincibles, but um yeah, definitely haven't been at uh, unfortunately at the heights since sort of two thousand ten. Sort of gone I don't know. I'm pretty optimistic though. There's stuff inside the club's pretty you know we just had a brand strategy meeting and it's pretty uh forward thinking. Like, it's exciting, especially from a branding point of view. So I'm excited about it. Um, but it'll be yeah. interesting. I think yeah. I think the club's got a good good outlook. I mean, getting rid of a lot of deadwood, similar to us, maybe a season ago, um, which always helps because I really thought that Arsenal squad was poor in so many areas, and I still wouldn't necessarily say it's world class in loads of them. But you, you know, Arsenal got rid of a lot of players that I just didn't think really suited being there or should have been there in the first place. Yeah, I think yeah, there's been too many. You know, too I probably shouldn't talk too much about this on the podcast, yeah. but um, <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> uh, cross yeah. those borders. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have to be careful um, when your employer is. Uh... But yeah, anyway, yeah. Like I say, I just sort of remove yourself from um, from the on on field performances sometimes. But it's a great organisation to work for. I mean, it's it's a it is a very forward thinking company. Um, mm. And how how much is it like working for F one? Where it's uh, you know, you've got things like. Uh, Formula E, and you've got a very—it's it's, a—it's a sport where it's loads and loads of money in it, similar to football. Uh, how how is Formula One to work with? Yeah, I mean, I think we'd probably be having—I'm probably not the best person to talk to about that because I was on the outside looking in when mm. <clears throat> Liberty took over. I remember being in the office in the agency, and we we're debating hotly the new F1 logo at the time. Yeah, you know what is this? This is trash. Blah 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 blah. Um, and yeah, now like I've come in after the Liberty takeover, after you know so many different things have changed and sort of been um, modernised to an extent and um, diversified as well. Probably, um, yeah. I, I think I think it's 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 probably very similar. I think you know Arsenal are owned by Cronkey, so it's mm. the American thing. You know, you look at what the Rams are doing, and I can kind of 
see some of when you started saying like the brand strategy and stuff i was already thinking you know what the rams doing at the moment mm. okay new stadium new uniforms new this change the city everything else so it's i would say we're probably uh working for fairly similar organizations um you know the um liberty takeover is is an american um liberty are an american owned um organization they are american so it's it's very similar um i think yeah, I, th I think it's, it's been a case of you think of those years under Bernie Eccleston and everything was running through one guy, um, which has its pros and obviously also has its cons. Yeah. And now you're kind of in an organization that has kind of said that it's not one person. We're going to have five people, you know, and they are all responsible for these individual things rather than there's this one guy and it, everything has to go through him and he's going to tell us you know here's our social i don't know strategy and we're doing a deal with this company and we're talking to these slots to have a race in this country and it it's 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 kind of a cool time to to be involved i think i think if yeah. i was a diehard f1 fan and i've been around for a long time I'd probably be like even more excited because of knowing that heritage and, and stuff and the context. But um, no, I, I think um, I think it's a good time to be involved. It's, you know, you can sort of see your your impact, lasting impact as well. And, you know, I don't think there's such thing necessarily as a bad idea. I mean, obviously, there's bad ideas. You know, me saying that we should replace all the, the wheels with, I don't know, pancakes or something. <laughs> you know, I'm be, you know, probably not going to have a job for very long. But, um, you know, I, I do think that this is kind of you know if you've got a good idea they're open to it and there's flex in that as well and and that's what you want you know i've worked for employers before who don't want to they don't want to change they don't want to get with the times they don't yeah. want to um you know move in a state of flux and i think that's so important when it comes to business and um you know strategy and stuff like that you have to adapt look at covid for example 100%. Yeah, and yeah. um you know for, for f1 we were kind of one of the only sports that was running the only global sport that was going from country to country to country mm. and still had a world championship. So, um, you know, I, I think, I think it's pretty cool. It's, it's a lot of fun as well. And what could you ask for? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the first thing for, for that I think about when I think about F1 is sponsorship. So I work in more, but the original job I had was more in, and it still is the brand partner, uh, the, the partnerships department of Arsenal. It's the main sort of majority of my job, and um, designing decks and stuff. And like whenever I think of F1, I think that, that's just what I think of sponsorships. Everything is sponsored, and it's amazing. I, I just, I mean, how much money is in sponsorship? And I just think of watches. I think of flashy, obviously flashy car brands. I think of um, just just money everywhere. <laughs> to be honest, and it's um, yeah, it's, it's interesting. How how is it? Do you know how how it's perceived from from inside and outside? Do you know how that's perceived? Uh, I would probably agree with you. I mean, I'm exactly the same as you. Sponsorship side, partnerships. Okay. Um, it's so when I when I you know again joining the agency and, and being sort of half a foot in and half a mm. foot out and kind of being in in the know but not really. It was a, a real learning curve and a real sort of punch in the face in terms of like this is sponsored, this is sponsored. We're yeah. going to have a sponsor for the wheels. We're going to have a sponsor for the pistons inside the engine. We're going to, you know, it, <laughs> when you're looking at because that was more from a team perspective. Um, you know, McLaren, Mercedes, and Ferrari at the time. So I kind of had a lot of fingers and a lot of different pies, and 
I was like, really? You have like a, a sponsor for and as a as a you know casual sports fan, it, mm. you don't really pay that much attention when it's like presented by Rakuten, and you're like, all right, mm. whatever. Like, I'm not going to go on Rakuten now and Google. You know, I, I don't care. Like, um, so it was it was really interesting to see just how much how involved it is, and it it's almost just such a part and parcel of Formula One. I I think if you suddenly cranked that sort of sponsorship meter or you know mm. if there was a lever or something for other sports you know football um rugby and you tried to do it at the same level as f1 which you theoretically could you could sponsor like a player's left leg or something i, I yeah, don't know yeah, yeah. Um, i just think it would rub people up the wrong way because it's not part and parcel it's not part of the heritage you know you mm. look at f1 and you think of brands like tag hewer um you know yes, on yeah. in motorsport for example and that, that's wider than f1 and they've got they're integral to stories of the 70s the 80s and, and stuff like that and i just think it's, it's part of f1 and it, it's mm. part of the fabric of it and people are a lot more open to you know i'm gonna buy this i don't know red bull t-shirt and it's got pirelli it's got rauk it's got you know etc etc and you're basically a walking billboard but it's yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah like it's it's part of motorsport it's so it's so interesting that how people will be open just wearing sponsors on their on their shirt and they they almost feel a pride of like that's why people buy Adidas and, and yeah. like shirt jumpers because they want to be seen wearing those brands and out in F one I mean my granddad is quite a big F one fan and he's got he's got this Mercedes shirt with loads of other sponsors on it and it's it's interesting how we, how people are willing to wear that because the only time I try and do that is maybe maybe not. Maybe I'm going to lie now, but football shirts is 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 the main one I can think of. Is where I'd, I'd I'll probably only go out of the way to buy something that's got you know a sponsor logo on it, or um, some of that. And, and even football fans get a bit annoyed when you, uh, you see like in Mexico when they're sponsoring the whole of the shirt pretty much, and you have got AT and T bigger yeah. than the like bigger than the actual uh, team badge and all sorts. Talking United yeah. Well, yeah, <laughs> Chevrolet, Chevrolet United. I miss, Chevrolet. I miss Aeon yeah. so much. <laughs> just that plain white like it made like it you, you didn't kind of focus in on it so much but yeah. you've got this like gaudy chevrolet and it's got that gradient shine thing in the middle of, like oh no i hate it just wanted to go yeah it's uh yeah definitely i mean you, yeah you can see that on, on a lot of shirts football i've said forever so football sponsors sometimes ruin the design of yeah, the shirt yeah. but now working on the inside knowing how much money they bring in Football killers yeah. don't care. <laughs> no, hell no. If it, um, like if it if it prints money, it prints money. You know, yeah. we'll make we'll sort of work round it. If you know, if we end up with a, a lousy product at the end of the day, then yeah, so be it. You know, they they paid us twelve million or whatever the figure is. Yeah, exactly, or, or, or much more. So yeah, I mean, you see, on also now football in the, in the English leagues, they're becoming a bit more open to it with um, back of the short sponsors, back of the um, shirts, bottom of the shirt, back on the back sponsors. Then you also got to think about the brands on the front. They're wondering, you know, we can't add all these other logos onto the shirt because it's our shirt, sort of thing. If you're the main yeah. title sponsor, so it's really interesting how it all how it all works on the inside. Um, mm. You say you worked in the partnerships. You worked with main mainly with the partners in, in F1. So yep. what's your, what's your, what's your day to day on in the F1? In the, um, F1, in the F1. I guess. In the <laughs> what F1, do you do in the football? In the F1. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess it's, it's just mainly um, presentations and decks and stuff like that. And 
I think a lot of people kind of switch off and they're like, oh, that's really boring. Like, Can we do the same job? There. We actually do the same yeah, job. Yeah, oh, nice. yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, we used to do a lot of them on PowerPoint and stuff. And with my sort of background in agency and us doing everything on InDesign, it's kind of, that's not to say I, you know, I'm responsible for it. It's just shifted into, into that, I would say. Um, nice. And it's, yeah, I guess, I guess it's, it's a niche within a niche. Like it's a very specific set of circumstances and, and mm. stuff like that, that you're dealing with. But, um, you know, my day to day is the decks. It's kind of ideation, you know, hypothetically McDonald's are going to sponsor, you know, a race or something. How do we, you know, if COVID wasn't on, do we have like a, some kind of activation? What does the yeah. activation look like? What could we kind of do? Because you're obviously selling that, partner on the idea of you know it's more than just putting your logo on the side of the track you know you're part of a a, a moment you know the yeah, champagne yeah. going off or um you know the, the winners or the winner sorry pulling into park Ferme, you know the, the three cars and you know you're you're part of a a bigger experience because having been to a grand prix it's not just like all oh, right sharp at a race cool go home that was fun whatever it's you know it's a full weekend it's you know, I think we have aspirations of trying to turn it into almost like a Super Bowl festival type vibe where mm. you're celebrating the country or the city that you're in and um, just having something bigger. I mean, I went to Canada in 2019 and the Canadians know how to party, put it that way. Like, you know, they had um, we rolled up, I think, on Saturday night and dumped our stuff at the hotel rolled out and they just had like supercar after supercar after wow. supercar running down like the the main street and it's just like no one's organized this this is just that they know the race is on um you know they had like huge activations that were not f1 affiliated and you know going down the streets and stuff and it was really cool and i think that's the type of vibe that that we want to have and you know part of my job is, is selling a brand on that idea and, and giving them a, a reason to sort of pop that money down and mm. you know how do they put their brand out there and associate themselves with, you know, one of the well, the oldest motorsport thing? Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, th this is really interesting because I, I didn't realize you did exactly the same job. So um, a lot of people will think when they see brands, you know, partnerships or, or sponsors, oh, that's cool, they've got the logo next to there or you know, they're trying to get you to download the app or they're trying to you know, get into a bet on sports or something. But the actual the actual selling of, of the idea and the whole thing for for the club or f1 and the brand is so much deeper than that so much so much more about the stats of how many people are viewing it and um the actual story behind it and if you can get any authenticity into into that as well into the partnership um it's, yeah, it's really it's, it's so much so much deeper than that which is maybe sometimes a bit lost on um on the consumer yeah. um which is why it needs to be uh, authentic and actually sort of told in it in a strong way i bet i guess it'd be like Visit Rwanda, I think, has done that really well with Arsenal. I think they've um, done it in quite a cool way with having David Luiz out there and uh, really become like a, like a, I don't know, like a household name in in sports partnerships in football. They've every time someone says Visit Rwanda, they'll think of Arsenal, and it's they've yeah. come sort of hand in hand now. Um, so yeah, it's, it's 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 fascinating the way clubs and brands partner. Have you have you seen any any partnerships that you think maybe in F one as well that you think have, have been done really well? Um, I would say so. I mean, when I joined the agency, I think they'd just finished inking the deal with McLaren with Logitech, and that just 
works especially like now that was 2017 and now fast forward and you've had mm. covid and virtual grand prix and our thing and i think the concept of esports is a lot more widely accepted it's not just yeah, a bunch yeah, of greasy yeah. teenagers in their you know mum's basement um playing games or whatever it's, it's kind of like <laughs> oh like this is almost like a it's almost like a tier down and that's not a disrespect you know i think people look at it as a, a tier below you know an act an actual athlete you know someone who you know you're lebron james and you know, you know dame kelly holmes of the world like it's mm. it's his own thing and it's got to be kind of respected um yeah i i, I think i think we that one was probably like over time that just kind of evolved and became more and more integral and more and more important and it was really cool to kind of um watch it happen um yeah i'll probably say that one off the top of my head i can't red bull generally you know red bull aren't a sponsor of red bull they are the team mm. but i kind of almost view them as a sponsor because i just do and i think the stuff that they do you know you look at red bull as a whole is a you know it's an energy drinks company yeah and yet you know you've got red bull racing you've got um red bull like they've got that dance um competition and they've diversified into so many different things you know you look at um the football teams yeah they've got well. about four football teams now yeah yeah crazy. and you kind of have to you have to kind of have to give them props really because yeah it you're putting that name out there and it's bigger than an energy drink now it's you know yeah fine yeah. i could get an energy drink but we can also go on redbull.com and watch some really cool interviews with musicians and then go and watch some extreme sports and then go watch formula one all mm. within that same umbrella and it's, it's awesome my, my favorite one is actually the cliff diving or any of their um f1 ones where they drive the car into just weird places it's kind of it's, it's really oh, strange race is great as well Soapbox is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you know, all that sort of Even, um, what's the guy who does the um, Jim Carner stuff? Uh, Ken Block. Like, Ken yeah, Block and his yeah, sponsorship. Yeah. When you think this is just a, not just, but he's a rally car driver, but, you know, he's got Ford. Well, I think he's just left Ford officially. Um, and, you know, Monster and all this other stuff going on. And it's just him driving this car around doing some crazy stunts. You know, it's all that brand affiliation and. I think a lot of designers, you know, if we bring it back to design, a lot of designers, you know, we could we could probably find, throw a, a rock and hit five designers who know, like, brand inside and out, and they can tell you about brand association, brand strategy. And this is almost like the sort of pinnacle of that, in my opinion. You've got the brand strategy now trying to fulfill itself. Who do we associate with? Who's got, like, a brand that's reputable and does X, Y, and Z? And let's align ourselves with that. And, and you know you reap the benefits. You just got to pay a bit of money to do it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, how how is F one um, with brands and and partnering with them? Like, it must be, you must have to partner with very specific brands and, and like think about who very, who you partner with very carefully. Because um, I mean, it's the same with football. You can't be partnering with um, I don't know gun sellers or I don't know, random <laughs> stuff. Right? I, I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know. That'd be quite fitting for Arsenal. <laughs> yeah maybe i mean maybe against the brand brand strategy yeah. but um but yeah like, how do you single out like brands and do you target a specific specific um, market or area of brand i think it's a it's a mixture you you end up having a lot of people approach you and then it's a case of trying to work out are they appropriate do, is there a crossover because you know heineken is one of our brands um, right. and heineken have a 
deeper portfolio than just Heineken, the beer. Mm. You know, they have seltzer. They, ha- you know, we could keep going on and on and on. So, if someone was to come in and you know we've set up a, a seltzer company and you know we're making loads and loads of money, so it's fine. We can afford it. And you know, I don't know. We've done our you know F1's done its due diligence. There's now that awkward bit of well, actually we can't do it because Heineken is our partner and we don't want to. So it's it's things of, of that nature and it's yeah, yeah. it's relationship building as well. You're, you know, having been in, in the agency side where I've seen it firsthand more so than probably F1, um, you know, sometimes that relationship between the account manager and the client's account manager is is pretty much all that holds or, you know, breaks that relationship between the agency and the brand. And it's kind of this weird. It's almost like watching House of Cards, I guess, but it's sport, and it's probably not as interesting because you know. Um, but it's 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 a very very complicated political world for sure. Yeah, because yeah. I would I would have thought that Heineken, being an alcohol sponsor, would have trouble sponsoring a sport where you drive cars, like because you can't drink and drive. Heineken Zero. Yeah. So is it just Heineken so Zero? Yeah, so they do. Um, they do their their main branding for us is when you drink, never drive, Smart. and that's kind of it's it, yeah, it's a way of kind of getting around that, but at the same time promoting a, a good message um, and promoting a non-alcoholic beer. Um, they do a lot of the adverts with um, Nico Rosberg and KK yeah. Rosberg, his dad, um, stuff like that. And I think it's, it's yeah. I, I suppose maybe I should have mentioned them earlier. I didn't think of them, but yeah, it's it's how do you adapt and how that flux element again. You know, you look at F one historically, main sponsorship was tobacco. Then mm. that went, and how do you sort of get around that? And how do you, um, I don't know. Yeah, how how do you get around that? How do you kind of fill that void when, you know, the millions that the tobacco um, company was going to give you doesn't isn't there anymore so it's it's all it's very it's very interesting and i know there's a lot of especially in f1 you know what we talked about earlier where you know fans are a bit more open to to um sponsors they're a bit more invested in them as well you know if you're a diehard mclaren fan Mm. and you went through maybe the the barren years of 2018 um 2017 2018 um there weren't really many sponsors on the car and then all of a sudden it was kind of like new sponsor coca-cola um I can't remember half the other ones, but you know, loads of them pop up, and suddenly, you know, does we could sort of argue do does that brand that is now on the car get a load more fans because now mm. they're identifying with um, McLaren, and it's yeah, it's it's, a, it's very it's very complicated, it's very niche, but as I said, you know, there's there's people that are really into it and they they love yeah, seeing like oh you know. McLaren signed this new person and they're going to be on this bit of the car. And what does that mean? And are they doing this activation? Uh, shout out decal spotters um, on, on Twitter. Um, I see them posting all the time. And it's, it's really funny to me because I didn't think anyone cared. And then I find that there's a Twitter account that just goes on about <laughs> sponsors. And, you know, th- this this driver moved and he's brought his sponsor with him. And it might be on his arm, but we're not sure yet. And I'm like, oh, oh. That's pretty cool. That's, that's like the the nerdiest of nerdy like in brand sponsorships. That's great. Very uh, anorakic. Do you, do you see that? Uh, do you see that with uh, fans of F one and specific teams that they will become ridiculously loyal to a company? So say that uh, you know Red Bull um, and you're a fan of the Red Bull Racing, would they like actively go out of the way to like hate Monster or like <laughs> or, other, or, Monster, or other teams that are sponsored by? That'd be pretty funny. Um, 
No, I don't think it runs that. Di- I mean, you'll okay. probably find we could probably find a few. I, I reckon. Um, you know, I don't know some Ferrari fans who, who hate. I don't know Lamborghini. If Lamborghini suddenly started sponsoring someone else, I I, I don't know. Um, no, I I wouldn't say so. I do think though that they they definitely buy into that other brand a lot more. You know, I think um, off the top of my head, maybe like McLaren and someone like Coca-Cola, I think just signed with them. I mean, Logitech, you know, again, um, off the top of my head, Mercedes with Epson back in the day, or, or um, mm. actually a good one would be BlackBerry. BlackBerry were with um, Mercedes for a while. And oh, I nice. think it brought a level of like, I think, and this is probably when BlackBerry peaked. So they, yeah. they were just on that peak and were coming back, like coming down. Um, but I think, you know, having Nico and having Lewis and the stuff they were doing activation wise gave them a lot of credibility. And Mercedes at that point were sort of the new boys who just started to win. So, yeah, it was, it was quite cool, actually. What's what's the coolest activation you've seen in, in F1? Because there's there must be so many good ones. Um, what you mean, like on track or like just general? Yeah, I mean, both. I mean, yeah, both. I mean, what's 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 one that comes out first? When yeah, digital wise, because obviously COVID world. I mean, because I, I mean, I, I being outside of one and, and like the Heineken stuff with Nico definitely hit me. I, I got that straight away when it came out, but I can't really remember many other many other adverts or or, or partnerships that really reached outside of F one. Uh, definitely Heineken, DHL. Put me on the spot because now I have to remember our own bloody um, sponsors. (laughs) Um, I think, I think, um, because DHL do, I mean, DHL, I would hardly, I would never sort of turn around and and flat out lie and be like, DHL are the most exciting um, sponsor of of all time. You know, they're a logistics and delivery company. Mm. Um, But a lot of what they've been putting out, when you look at, F1 is the sport and you think of, you know, we're going to have a race in Italy and then next week we're in, I don't know, Toronto, um, Montreal or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That logistic story, um, you know, while it's not as exciting as what's on track and the drama and everything else, you know, if if I sat down to my mum and said, mum, you know, would you be interested in like learning more about like how F1 move everything from one race to one, from one week to another and stuff like that? Most people will be like, yeah, actually, I don't know. Like, how does how yeah, does yeah. that work? How do you get so much stuff? How do you get, you know, a, a Formula One car halfway across, you know, the, the the planet? And how do you get all of the stuff that comes with it? And, mm. um, you know, DHL have done some pretty cool stuff on, on through their channels. Um, you know, whether it's sponsoring the podium, sponsoring like fastest um, fastest lap, if I remember rightly. Um, and also just generally like their content pieces on how they do logistics is, is actually really cool. Like it's, it's not boring by any means. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that, that's also uh, a way you could start thinking about energy and um, mm-hmm. um, the environment as well. And, and uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Sustainability. That's it. Um, the sectors as well with, with yeah, so much petrol being used or whatever they, well, yeah, I guess it's petrol. Where is it? Diesel? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, they're all hybrid engines, so okay. like, yeah, it's petrol. I, I couldn't I tell no you idea. what it was. <laughs> I had no idea. Um, no, 
<laughs> but yeah, <laughs> like, it, it, when when you think about a car racing, I mean, you think about the fumes that are going up in the air like, when when you're racing, and and I guess when you're transporting all these cars across half across the world, all across the world as well. Um, you think about that, so it must be a, probably quite a nice story to tell from that side of it as well, of how they've cut down emissions, or, or they're trying to, or they're you know, planting X amount of trees for the X amount of journeys they're doing in, in the races, and yeah, it, it, it probably, it's probably something really quite nice there. Is there anyone in, in that sort of sector that, uh, sustainability must come up quite a lot now? Yeah, in fact, I think it was, was it yesterday, the day before, we kind of published a lot of sort of moves for the future, I guess, and kind right. of laying a few markers out in terms of what we want to do as a, as a sport um i mean a lot of it's funny because like formula e has, has come in and kind of undermined isn't the right word but you know if you've got a fully electric car you can't mm-hmm. argue uh, you know if you've got a um hybrid engine like you know f1 does that is the most efficient combustion engine on on the planet and actually is responsible for it kind of trickling down into you know consumer cars great but their car is fully electric so you don't really have (laughs) there's not too much of an argument there but um i think moving forward you know especially with a lot of our brands um and brands of teams you know you look at ferrari and shell for example we've been doing that partnership for decades now Mm. um it's becoming more and more um, part of long-term strategy, long-term goals and vision. And I, I think, you know, referring back to myself earlier, flux, you've got to adapt with, with the time. So we can't keep, you know, pumping all this like pollution into the air and kind of think that it's, it's okay. It's kind of, how do you, how do you give back to, to communities also um, around yeah. those places and, and making sure that, um, I don't know, water bottles are, are recycled and there's places for people to, to recycle. And, um, you know, when, when it is recycled, what do we do with, with it? You know, how, if, is there something we can kind of make from that? And I, again, you know, I think it's an interesting and exciting thing to be a part of because these are conversations that have never been had in Formula One, um, you know, up until the last however many years, you know, was recycling top of the priority list? I would probably argue, um, I'd probably argue not, um, you know, pre pre-liberty takeover um and that that's i think that's what what you know excites you as designer when you ask being asked to you know we need some some ideas for an activation for um i don't know pirelli and you're coming up Mm. with you know recyclable uh materials you know what do we do with all of the um the bits of rubber on the track is there something we could do with that because that's just wastage at the end of the day you know someone's going to come with a broom or a machine and they're going to clean it up but could we do something cool with all these you know marbles of of rubber and and things like that it it kind of makes you as a as a person you know take out take the organization aspect out of it you definitely um kind of get an appreciation and a a deeper understanding of, of these kinds of issues and i think that's that's kind of cool you know you're you're kind of trans you're going past the point of just being someone who is a visual communicator and now you're being someone that's actively you know trying to do good and, and change mm. things and that's you know it's, it's not a responsibility i take lightly by any means no for sure as uh, yeah when you hit all of all of these different sectors and think about your morals and all of them it's um yeah, you know, it can come quite a long way when you start a new job and the, and you start to think about all these things. Mm-hmm. I definitely had it. Definitely, definitely started making me think about um, different brands or, or you know, where my morals may lie on different sectors. Definitely, um, can't say too many names, but yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I, it's fascinating, right? Hearing about the same job and then from 
different industry, um, but same sport. But you know, different, same, same. There's still sport, but it's a different, completely different sport. Um, yeah. What, what's the organisation like to work work for? Is in like, is it? Because you think about F1, it's high performance. It's like being the fastest, being the best. As a designer, there, what's what's it like? Is it that sort of mentality of you know, being fast, being quick, sort of get things done? Um, oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's in house, so I'm not sure right. in house will, will ever match the intensity of being in an agency because I'm I can literally see the person that I'm doing the work for. Like my client is is in house, and I know them. Mm. Um, when you're in an agency and there's you know so many more um, opinions and so many more key um, key stakeholders, it's a very different kettle of fish. I think there's a different pressure there um with f1 it's kind of i basically left the agency i took almost like a sabbatical from sport because i was kind of fed up with it by that point i'd actually burned myself out massively and i went and worked as a um senior designer for a print company yeah closer to where i am and when i went from that and then went into f1 it like i i just thought oh like whatever i've been out of the game for maybe like nine ten months at this point i was like whatever like i know i still remember how it is blah 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 it took a little while for me to kind of adjust into this intensity of of, of working for f1 and um sort of the the people that work around you as well you know you not to say i was some big fish in in a little pond by any means um but i think there's there's an element of that city kind of uh mentality and also on top of it the f1 mentality which is very much like you know people here care about what they're doing they are passionate about the sport they're passionate um about making it the best thing it possibly can be and you know that definitely kind of gives you a lift when you're sort of like oh no you know feeling a bit tired or something and someone kind of you know another designer comes in and you know blows your presentation out you know and let's not say it's super competitive but there's that kind of drive like okay cool you raise the bar i'm gonna try and raise it yeah definitely you push each other and and that's that's kind of what i i i i really like you know i i like that um that element it just gives you uh, uh almost more gears it's, you know pardon the pun but it, it gives you you know you you find you could you find that you could dig a lot deeper when you know that like other people are you know in in a similar boat and you know they can produce you know i respect every other designer that is in that building because you know they're not there because I don't know. They they knew someone and they used some leverage or something. You know, people are in there because they're you know, really good at what they do. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's uh, yeah, that's good. I mean, I could get the same feeling. You know, even at football clubs, it's the same same thing when you're working next to someone and you want to try and you, know, you want to try and impress them or, or you know or up them or you know get competitive. Um, but actually, yeah. the print company you used to work for, I ordered some beer mats from. Um, so I don't know if you want to say the name, but. Um, <laughs> I don't know if you, I don't know. It depends if you still. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm, I'm saying the name, but ordered some beer mats through them, and um, yeah, can't can't get them because of Brexit. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just really frustrating. But the the, the companies they're doing all right. They're giving me communication, um, keeping updated. But you know, beer yeah, mats. You know, just yeah. just want my beer mats. <laughs> just an illustration on it. Um, just yeah, Brexit's a pain. It's yeah. a logistical pain. <laughs> um, so, how did you teach yourself design? That's the one thing I was I was interested about. Uh, how you, you said you didn't go to university or anything. Um, 
I didn't go to uni either, so I'm on the same team. But I went to that Shunnington Design College. Oh, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Like, I was really mulling them over for a long time. I was like, I can't afford it. I was yeah. working for the bank. And I was like, how do I kind of jam that into what I'm doing? Because I can't afford to not be working. Um, yeah, that, that it, I mean, I, I have to give props to Shunnington because that was what kind of regurgitated the seed a little bit where I was kind of like, oh, like people are doing this without degrees then yeah, so yeah. i was like uh maybe there's a maybe there's a small chance like I, I can't afford to um you know from time or a financial perspective do it but yeah. clearly it's something is working um yeah how did you find it like was it was yeah it, it, intense? Uh, it, it came off to me like it's gonna be like them punching you in the head like this is typology <laughs> typography you know <laughs> Yeah, no, it was. It was. I mean, I did the, the part-time one, so I did it over nine months rather than three oh, nights every day. Yeah, um, two nights a week over nine months. So yeah, I, it was. It was. Good. It was intense. To be fair, it was intense. Um, it was good. I really enjoyed it. I think the teachers are great because they're people that are in the industry and freelancing at the moment, doing their stuff. Um, very knowledgeable. Can ask for help. Yeah, great. Really, nothing really bad about it. To be honest. Um, yeah. Just, just a really good practical way of learning design, to be honest. Um, yeah. So yeah, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Um, so what? So how did you teach yourself? Did you like a lot of Skillshare and that, or was it YouTube or? Um. So I probably. I mean, I think I've been using Photoshop since like two thousand. I don't know. Tuck a figure out of the air. Let's call it like two thousand and four or five, something like that. So I'm not new to um, Photoshop and. Yeah. I don't know the layers panel and you know what does the clone stamp tool do I mean in my first year at, um, in secondary school they took all the year sevens like uh, first year's pictures because digital cameras were like just you know it's like <laughs> like so our school would, yeah 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 because this is 2002 so like um, our sort of IT department had just got a pile of funding you know they've got like we got this new it lab the library was kind of like brand new computers and you were just thinking about it now it's just making me laugh because those computers are just rubbish now but they were super excited and you know the year sevens like all of us used to go in the library and we would clone stamp tool people's like features mm. onto other people and then try to overwrite the original um picture um and that was on like paint shop pro um, but you know, so that was probably like where I was actually actively dabbling in, in doing stuff and stupid, you know, cartoons and you know, not knowing what the tools did. Um, but my dad's one of my dad's best friends, he used to do a lot of cartoons. Um, he used to draw like Mickey Mouse and Goofy, and that's what I remember being at his house when I was younger. And one day he's like, um, yeah, yeah, like he's, I've been drawing these cartoons on the computer. I'm like, oh, like that's that's cool. I'm like, with your mouse, and he's like, oh no, I've got like this, like it's like an early Wacom, or whatever it was. And I was like, what's that? He's like, oh, yeah, so you draw and you draw on this, and it goes through the computer. And I was like, what? The? <laughs> and I used to draw so much back then, and it was kind of that planted the seed. And over time, you know, I just used to go on Photoshop a hell of a lot. I was really yeah. fascinated with um, icons, um, maybe like first couple of years of uni and stuff and mm. trying to design them and try and make my uh, before that make my windows computer look like a mac because i couldn't afford one <laughs> and uh i guess just over time it, it's kind of you know you whether you're aware of it or not you learn 
like you know you you know how this tool works you know that yeah. the marquee tool does this and you can invert it if you do command shift i and stuff like that and it was just a very natural way of doing it so um my first year of uni my girlfriend at the time she's like oh um you design all the time you never pay me any attention she's like i noticed that the students union have got like a, a job opening for a graphic designer so i was like oh I don't even know what a graphic designer does, but yeah, all right, fine. Like, I'll, you know, it's some money, it's easy. So I remember, I think the night before the interview, I drew some really rubbish drawings because I figured, like, people in films, they always carry like a sheet, like they've just yeah, got papers. Yeah, and they're like, oh, here's this thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I couldn't remember like what. I couldn't tell you what I drew. I don't know what what it was, but I go to the interview. They gave me the job. I- idiots i don't know why they gave me a job but uh <laughs> i had no reason to be in there but i worked i worked with a designer and she was a full-time one she was on her way to to canada um she's on the way to leave to go to canada and i learned a, a fair amount kind of you know dealing with clients and by clients i mean other students who ran certain nights mm. and yeah i was just like this is amazing i was like this is a this is something i could actually like really enjoy doing on a day-to-day basis like i would really like this but i was halfway for a law degree yeah. so um yeah it, it kind of that was really the sort of oh this could be a viable thing and you know i'm holding my own in these in you know these scenarios people are coming back and saying oh, i really like that poster you made and blah 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 um and yeah it, it kind of went from there went into law uh, hated that really really hated that um then i went into banking because mm. it was like easy money it's going to be like work hard, play hard. Uh, yeah, I hated that as well. It was really stressful, um, really, really stressful. And I couldn't, like, and, you know, I started reading this book called Mastery uh, by Dan Green, I want to Robert, say. Robert, uh, Robert Green. Robert Green, thanks. Um, <laughs> it's a great and book. It, it really has it's just been ticking over in my head in the last couple of days. Um, and again, that, that sort of made me go, oh, so like that flow state aspect of things i was like but i get that all the time when i'm creating stuff where mm. i'm just kind of blank and this this thing and it's the only thing in the entire world right now is me and this thing and you know laser focus and i get that laser focus where mm. i'll forget to go to the toilet like i'm not that i'm urinating on myself or something but like i just <laughs> you know what i mean like you just get yeah, so yeah, yeah. locked into the project and you're like 100%. oh man i haven't eaten in like six hours like what's happened and uh, yeah, it was kind of from from reading that and then thinking, you know, seeing a Shillington advert on the tube and stuff like that. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to like go after this job, like this hypothetical job, because I kind of like keep working in this like breakneck speed for this mm. bank and I'm losing like my health. I'm losing sleep. I'm spending most of my time on the train. I was like, this is I, I was convinced I wouldn't reach 40 because like my stress levels and stuff were so, so high. So I quit my job one day and um, blagged to everyone that I was going to become a graphic designer. I still remember that because people were like, oh, that's amazing. Like, I had yeah. no idea. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got something lined up, you know, couple of people, <laughs> so biggie. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. And uh, yeah, I think I did about 200, 300 different applications for jobs. My dad's getting more and more angry at me. Like, you're going to get a job? Because like, that was two months, two and two and a bit months. Um and I got an opportunity working for an independent shoot company. I went to the interview. Um, this is like in Shoreditch, and they're like proper swanky, not swanky, but you know, like they're all 
you know, fashionistas and, mm. you know, like, oh, I'm wearing this and stuff. I'll roll up wearing, like, like I was going to a law interview because that's the yeah, only kind of yeah, interviews yeah. I've been to at that point. And they thought, like, what is this, who is this guy? And, uh, yeah, I go to the, the interview and I printed off this one side of A4 and the mock-ups were, like, tiny on it. Um, I just put loads of text next to it. Like, I was like, oh, if I explain my process, like, you're just... <laughs> anyway i go to the interview the guy the guy literally kind of like i go i'm like here's my portfolio and he's like yeah cool he sits down and he just looks at me and i'm like this guy's a bit intense he was but he's like um so you got a law degree i'm like yeah and he's like do you 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 want to be a graphic designer i was like yeah he's like you must really want to be a graphic designer <laughs> i was like it's my dream job i was like i've had this dream since i was like in, in university and stuff mm-hmm. and uh he gave me a week trial i got the job and then it was kind of foot in the door from that point and it was a massive learning experience i mean i can tell you about the times i printed off in rgb instead of cmyk when they're doing a five thousand leaflet run you know (sighs) is you know trial by fire and and stuff like that (laughs) yeah ouch ouch um (laughs) yeah that's crazy though i mean i mean we're definitely Get on to you know, the the LinkedIn uh, advert, which <laughs> <laughs> which only I, I, the thing is. I, so before this podcast, I did a bit of research. And I was like, I'm sure I know this guy before. I'm sure I've seen him somewhere. And then I looked at your pinned tweet on Twitter. And I was like, Oh shit! Yeah. <laughs> That's where I know you from. That's so um, no, amazing. We'll, we'll go on to it, but um, but yeah. So so tell me as well about going into um, interviews without a portfolio as well. How do how do people react to that? Not well. Um, they were kind of confused, yeah. like because I I didn't really know. I didn't know. I mean, obviously, I know I'd taken some pieces of paper to like that interview at the Students Union, but I was like, that's redundant now. Like, no one's using draw. Like, it didn't make sense to me. And I was like, I don't have any work because. At that point, I was three-ish years removed from university. You know, if I'm showing them a portfolio from three years ago, in my mind, I was like, oh, it's irrelevant now. Like, this is a, here's a poster from a club night, you know, cheesy music. It was like, it's whatever. So it, I think I was just so out of the loop because during that two and a half month of applying for jobs, I was having to relearn Photoshop because I'd, I'd forgotten it by that point. Uh, my creative outlet was changing like the cell color on um, Excel <laughs> spreadsheets. That was kind of it. So it was kind of retraining and trying to upskill at the same time because, yeah. you know, something like the pen tool, I didn't know how that worked. And I was like, I need to know how the pen tool works because it's been there and it kind of makes these wonky shapes, but I don't understand. And it was kind of just... Um, making a syllabus what am i what am i rubbish at and i'm just going to focus on that i'd never used illustrator so i started to use illustrator a hell of a lot and at at the time as well i was playing for my um uh for an american football team so i started Mm. to do like graphics here and there for for that and we used to do like some of the socials so it was a a good way to kind of here's something that people see and here's something where i've got to work in a in a team-ish format um and kind of come up with ideas to promote the sport promote the team and yeah it's just kind of a, a bit of a weird learning curve i guess so you got high on the back of like that that yeah. sort of work on the on sports yeah yeah i leaned heavily on the american football <laughs> side yeah. of things um you know when i when i showed up at the, some of those first interviews about anything i genuinely got like the first one i got laughed out of the room basically he was like oh can <laughs> so i see a portfolio bad. Yeah, it was really embarrassing, like, looking back. Like, it popped into my head the other night because I was like, man, that, that really burned. I remember being on the train and I was like, I want 
to die. Like, yeah. I showed they should have treated you better than that. They should have said, "Look, it was I understand crossed you. wires. Yeah. It was crossed wires." He thought I knew it wasn't an official interview, and I got word that it was an official interview. So I rolled up thinking, if I, if I you know, play my cards right, I'll get like an internship or yeah, a junior yeah. level thing. And he was doing a favor for a mate. So he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll talk to you. You know, you're, you're this guy uh... running around saying he's a graphic designer. Like, oh, I'll have a chat with him and sort of give him some advice. And um, so he's like, oh, like, you know, have you got a portfolio? And I remember going, no. And I've been like, oh, no. And he's like, oh, you know, he gave me this long spiel about, you know, I have junior designers come in here with their leather you know um, folios <laughs> and they come in and they're showing me this. yeah he's talking about that he's like oh, you know you've got nothing he's like how do you expect me to know how good you know? he like it was a proper tirade and i'm like oh god i just wanted to die i'm just like i'm sorry for wasting your time but yeah yeah i mean you know you gotta learn you just if you don't know, you don't know. So you, you just got to turn those sort of negative experiences into a positive. And mm. it's something I laugh about now, you know, it's not yeah, like I've got sure. trauma from it. <laughs> yeah. And no, I mean, I mean, you're working for the F1 now. So I mean, uh, but I keep saying the F1 as well. I keep saying the F1. <laughs> the F1. You work for F1 now. Um, um, I'm, I'm sorry. My, my computer still wants to connect to my AirPods, even though they're in the case. Um, but yeah, that's <laughs> Here's a crazy story. I mean, <laughs> to go to go from walking to interviews for a graphic design job without any work to show them, to getting a job at the uh, at, I did it again at F1. Did get, I was waiting um, for it. Like he's gonna do it. It's a trigger. I don't know what it's. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, crazy, crazy story, crazy story. So talk about let's talk about the um, LinkedIn job. Uh, uh, so advert. How how the hell did that come about? <laughs> well, again, it's not a short one. Basically, I got a message come through like those advert ones you know when it's like oh richard branson is investing in young entrepreneurs but it comes up like richard branson sent it to you or whatever right it's one of it was i don't know if they do it anymore because i've not had one for a long time now but at that point in time it used to pop up you'd get ads quite a lot and uh this time like once i was working at f1 at the time and it just came up asking like oh if you got if you got a job through us then like give us you know give us your feedback i'm like awesome i'll do that because i'm really lazy and i like the fact that there's a one-click apply button and i don't have to fill a form out and you know all that stuff anyway it, it kind of um progressed from that i guess where they were like oh can you give us some more feedback we exchanged emails and it just kept building up and building up and mm. got to a point where they're like oh do you want to come in and like we you know we want to talk to people we've got their jobs and you know we'll pay you for your time it'd be like a lunchtime or something and um, you know, just give us your your feedback on camera. I'm like, how much money for that long? Forty five minutes? Yeah, let's go. Let's do it. I'm like, so <laughs> okay. I figured it's gonna. Yeah, I, I figured it's gonna not be much different from this. I'm on a little stool. I've got a little microphone, and it'll come up in the corner like Jake Paul, graphic designer, mm. whatever. And uh, I, I had a couple of meetings with their production agency, and I roll up in the into the into their office and it's like BAFTA, 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 award, award, award. Like it's a full-blown wall of awards. And I'm like, this is a bit overkill for I'm like, oh whatever, you know, they're probably just doing like this small little thing for them. And uh I go on holiday, I was in Disney and I get a call from a casting agent and she's like, oh I just want to have a quick chat with you. She's basically sizing me up if I can like talk on camera, which you know you can probably tell I can. Um 
and yeah, it kind of went and went and went. Next thing, I'm back at their office after I come back from holiday, and there's a there's a costume department is there, a wardrobe, and she's like, "Oh, you know, what size are you? Do you, do you try this shirt?" I'm like, "This is a bit overkill. Like, I don't understand." Anyway, it got to the point where I rolled up on the day of shooting, and I didn't have a clue because I think there was a lot of communication breakdowns. There was a lot of people right. involved in it. Um, from what I understand, LinkedIn had done this advert kind of globally for like local markets because my dad later went to Florida and he's like, they got the same advert up, but I didn't see you in it. I'm like, yeah, because I'm not American. Anyway, um, you know, we, I showed up for, for the day of filming and I'm like, this ain't the right place. It's this office, um, office in East London and like all these like cables and equipments coming out of the truck. They got the door open. So I like, walk in. I'm like, hello. Um, yeah, I think I'm here for a filming thing and in my mind i'm still at like they're probably filming lots of different things in here this is probably like an actual like set for something mm. and they're like uh yeah yeah jake's jake's it like secret service style you know on the on the mm -hmm. like walkie talkies and all that stuff jake's here jake's here suddenly i'm getting whisked away by like the talent is all here. the runners <laughs> yeah i had like just know how weird it is to go from like you know people not really you know in your day-to-day -day, people don't really touch you maybe you shake hands yeah. and maybe you hug your girlfriend and that's kind of the full extent of it suddenly you've got like people like touching you i had this woman following me around like touching my hair because she's like <laughs> curl activator in my head i'm like what are you doing she's like you say all right i'm gonna put some powder on your nose and i'm like what is they're like you know you know like in in films and you see they've got like the um when they're you know in a film when they're recording a film and they've got like the tables of all the food on yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We had breakfast shake. Yeah, help yourself. I'm like, this is unbelievable. This is mad. What's that like? And F1. Yeah. Sorry to break the story. What's that no, like? No, no. Do, you have a, do you have a canteen? F1. Yeah, we've got a kitchen. It's, it's quite nice. Well, I mean, the uh, the cool thing about the F1 office is like the um, we've got loads of merch. Not merch, but like you know, bits of carbon. This mm. person's race suit. This Pirelli wheel. So nice. it kind of yeah, it must be cool. You you definitely you know big Rolex um clock in there as well, just for the added added stuff. Yeah, it definitely cool. makes you reminds you who you work for. That's for sure. Cool offices. Sorry, go back to the story. No, 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 yeah. like in all these places. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So it's just just kind of you know I'm putting uh, what was it? So you, uh, if you remember the advert, I was in the. Uh, I think I was just wearing a shirt or whatever. You know, I put all this stuff on. Um, they gave me a new pair of glasses. They'd gone to Boots the day before to get me, like, a non-branded pair of glasses. It's crazy. crazy. Like, it's mad. And, uh, yeah, you know, this is dude. You know, like, the proper, I don't even know what they're called, but, like, the, the steady cam. that's it. Yeah, yeah. Where the guy's got to wear, like, a full-on harness. Yeah, they have one of them. Up. Yeah, they've got, like, the monitor as well, and I'm looking at myself, looking at myself. <laughs> and I'm like they're like so you've got acting experience right i'm like no they're like all right so you know how to hit a mark i'm like no they've like marked the floor like you need to hit this spot you need to say this like wow. look down the camera say and i had to do all these like test runs of it and i'm like i, I don't know what's, what's going on. i was just and it probably helped me out because if i'd known about it i would have freaked out whereas mm. i was just like oh oh there's all these like hundred of people like looking at you and focusing on you it's like being george clooney for a day that's the best way to put it <laughs> and uh yeah it was it was weird like so i i think i did a good job when we were in that office but then there's a bit like where i'm outside in my corporate job yeah, yeah. and uh that was around the corner from liverpool street station mm -hmm. and there's like several hundred people walking around there and suddenly like this guy shows up with an entourage of people you know i've got sound guy following me around i've got hair and makeup following me around 
and a fire alarm goes off in the building opposite. So 2,000 people descend out of there and they've all got their phones out because they're like, who is this guy? And why is there a camera crew for it? It's Jake Paul. It's Jake Paul. I've never sweat so much in like a space of like 12 hours in my life. I thought I was, yeah. it was, it was wild. And um, yeah, it was, it was just kind of you know, going from set to set, learning on the fly how to, look down a camera and deliver lines and pretend you're on a phone and stuff like that. And, uh, yeah, next thing, you know, I think it was a couple of, maybe a couple of weeks later, it was quite a quick turnaround. My, um, one of the directors, you know, I was like work group, um, WhatsApp group is like, Jake, I just saw you on the side of a bus <laughs> because like I'd said to them, wow. like, Oh, I'm filming this advert thing. And because obviously I thought it was low key and not a big deal, they yeah, thought it yeah. was low key and not a big deal because that's how I sold it to them. And then suddenly, like, I'm getting messages from people I went to school with, and, you know, junior school with who I haven't talked to in like 20 years, messaging me like, "I just saw you on, you know, X Y Z." It it got really, really weird. It's weird when you're on a train and you see yourself on that advert strip, yeah, and then yeah, if someone yeah. else is like look in they look at that and then they happen to catch your eye and then they're like <laughs> yeah there's, there's a few weird moments for sure it's very weird when you turn around and you're like oh god i'm there again it, it kind of gets on your nerves i'm honest really <laughs> it's hard being famous isn't it yeah well look if, if it was a case of <laughs> i did the advert right and my actual name wasn't on there then fair enough but mm. because my name was on there and it's a graphic designer. People start googling me and then looking for me on LinkedIn. Oh. Um, and then I think I've got a, a, a fairly unique experience because I got called out by a lot of people in you know, like anytime Twitter would um, go on Twitter, it go on Instagram adverts. People were like, "This story is fake. You're fake. Rubbish." Fair, blah, I, blah, thought, blah. I, I would. I wondered that as well because I. When I first watched it, I was like, oh, that's cool. They've, got, they've done a graphic designer. I wondered if it was an actual graphic designer. And then now we're chatting. That's mad. Yeah. It, yeah. It's it it's really weird as well to see stuff that I'd like made in my room, like design-wise, and they put it in the advert. So like, and if you look at the screens, if you look at the stuff that they're handling, because they were pretending it was like an agency, um, it's all my stuff. It's really weird yeah, yeah, to see yeah, like yeah. all these extras, like looking at stuff going, oh, I really like this. And you're like, Oh, so the, so the studio that they have in the advert, that's a, that's a fake design studio. It's a, I think it, they do children's books off the top of okay. my head, something like that. It's um, a studio. Yeah, I, I thought it was quite, it was quite nice. It's right next to a canal. So mm. it's, it's really, really nice. It's kind of a, a cool view, I think. That's a, that's a great story though. That's, that's an awesome story. That's one of the biggest social media networks, but well, it is, it is like, it is the it's the biggest professional network, and yeah. you're the UK face of it. It's crazy. Yeah, right? it was it was it was pretty cool. I think, um, yeah, I, I think getting an opportunity like that, you just have to make the most of it. And it was kind of, you know, at first I was like, well, I don't really want to accept this random person I don't know. And then it was like, actually, okay, 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 because it was like, you've got to make the most of it because then uh, COVID hit, and then mm. the advert gets pulled because now you know people aren't looking for jobs. People want to know you know they could pay their mortgage and, and stuff like yeah. that so it was uh you know enjoy it while it lasts as, as annoying as it can get and and yeah just exploit it as, as much as you can as well you know lack of a better word that's fantastic i love that story oh um, and here's a tidbit for you as well i filmed i had to go and film the um record voiceovers um for uh, for it 
<clears throat> and that that was that was again very insightful with me being in a sound booth for about four hours to record a 15 second mm. advert but anyway i digress um so i left the recording studio and realized where i was in london and i was two streets down from the banking job i'd left no like way. in real life to film an advert for you know me leaving my banking job so it was like a it's a very weird little circle like that day of kind of you know, standing and that building got knocked down. So it was kind of very, very gratifying to me personally to kind of be like, you're gone and I'm here. I'm still doing design. So it was, yeah, it was, it was weird, weird how life works. That is a, is a strange end to that. That's uh yeah, very interesting. Do you believe in fate? Are you, are you a believer of uh, that stuff? Uh, I think you make, Oh God, am I going to quote like Batman? Or I think she says it in Batman. Uh, you make your own luck. So, you know, if you, you know, if I hadn't have replied to that message and kind of just carried on going with it and just kind of, oh, it's a waste of my time, I can't be bothered. I kind of smelt something was, there was an opportunity there. Mm. I just didn't fathom the scale of it. I just figured, you know, like, oh, this would be something I could put on my social channels. Yeah. It turned out that, you know, it was on everyone's social channels and <laughs> I didn't really have much to do with it. <laughs> Crazy, yeah. No, it's a that's an amazing story. That uh, one you'd be telling the grandkids, sort of thing. That's a oh yeah, definitely. that's pretty cool. Definitely. Um, the last couple of questions that we ask people on the podcast are, are a bit deeper. Um, mm. I'm not sure if you listened to any before, but uh, we we'd like to find out a bit more. A bit like the fake question. I would like yeah, going a bit on those sort of lines. Um, first one is what's your best purchase under a hundred pounds, and then it gets a bit deeper than that. <laughs> best purchase under hundred pounds. My mouse. Mm, good answer. Your mouse. Yeah. Not, not, I'm, I'm guessing a computer mouse, not a pet mouse. Yeah, no, no, no not, not into that. No, uh, yeah, computer <laughs> mouse. I've got big hands, so uh, ah. uh, a magic... Is it a magic mouse? Yeah, it is a magic mouse, isn't it? Mm. That's just not viable for me to sit at a computer and use that all day. I just get yeah. hand cramps. So yeah, um, yeah, yeah. using a big mouse and chunky kind of... Yeah, gets you through the day. Nice. I'm a Wacom sort of guy. I like uh, oh, really? Wacom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, what, especially for like doing decks and stuff? Everything, everything. Just use a Wacom now. Yeah, I'm so wow. quick. So much quicker with, with that than a mouse. So I started off doing, I started off um, buying one for, for illustration and then yeah. just um, just stuck with it. Just so much quicker. That's um, really interesting. Yeah, yeah. Well, I have to give it a try. That yeah, so slow. It, it takes it takes a little bit of getting used to, but it for me it's a lot quicker than a mouse. Yeah, uh, yeah. But hey, everyone likes to work differently. Yeah. Um, the next question is: Do you have any life advice for people listening? Uh, take risks. Um, Cliche as it sounds, um, you know, if I didn't take that risk at the time of kind of um, jumping ship from the uh, bank. Mm. And kind of going, look, I I don't have a plan for being a graphic designer. I don't even know what it entails. Um, you know, it, it was kind of one of those things. I was like, oh, if I don't do it now, then I'm just going to get stuck in some dead end job. And I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to be miserable. So, you know, take yeah. risks and, and you know, research that, that risk as well. Because, you know, knowledge is power. God, I'm just full of, <laughs> uh, you know, not 
it, it as cliche they're always you know you're always going to hear it's cliche but it's because it's true and you know if you do you know because during that time i did so much like reading and trying to understand the industry and what does a portfolio look like and what's in a portfolio you know all these different things um you know you you're better off for it and you're you're only going to have better results than you know if you compare yourself with no no knowledge about something and someone who knows everything about it mm-hmm. who wins it's not hard it's nice Good advice. Um, how do you want to be remembered? It's the last question. Uh, not the guy who did the LinkedIn advert, and not the guy who's <laughs> got the same name as uh, as a YouTuber. Uh, I don't know. I'd, I'd like to. I'd like to think it was like a positive story that someone could kind of use as an anecdote to, um, you know, a real life situation. You know, whether that's from a kind of battling with your sort of demons when it comes to like stress and how you handle stress and, and things like that and overcoming that uh, or you know kind of doing something that at least for the time period that I was in wasn't as sort of it wasn't something that happened a lot um you know I've gone from uh, some kid that was designing really weird stuff and putting like my Liverpool mate in a full Man United kit to wind him up <laughs> uh to to working for Formula One so you know, if, if if someone takes even a glimmer of inspiration or kind of uh, hope from that, that they could improve their circumstance, then awesome. Job done. Love it. Love that. Um, where can people find you on the internet and say hello to you and uh, check out your YouTube, your, your social medias, all that? Uh, well, Jake Paul Design. Um, yeah, pretty much everywhere, I think. Uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram are the main three, I would say. Um, nice. Not in that order. But yeah, you can find me easily enough. Type in a F1 graphic designer and I tend to pop up. Wicked. Are you on LinkedIn? You are on LinkedIn, right? Yeah. After all, after being the advert. That'd be a terrible, terrible way to sell. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, that that is also another tip. You know, if you're a designer, definitely put time and effort into it. Mm. You know, and this isn't, I, I'm not sponsored by them. I don't have anything to do with them now. It, it really pays off, you know, you putting yourself into a sort of different sphere and audience. You know, if we're just talking to designers, great. But if you're now talking to CEOs, key stakeholders and higher ups and mm. they're seeing what you're doing, you know, money, easy. Yeah, yeah. So do, do, you, um, do you get a free LinkedIn premium or like, do you start to pay for that? <laughs> they gave me one. They gave me one for like, uh, I think it was just over a year. And then I got the email, I think beginning of this year like uh yeah it's expiring i kind of wanted to send them an email and kind of go yeah do you remember me (laughs) (laughs) uh uh, maybe i'll cheekily drop them a a little note and be like yeah yeah, it's your mate it's your best friend um (laughs) stop doing me dirty (laughs) that's great well thank you very much for doing this it's been it's been really good i really enjoyed uh chatting with you so uh, so thank you very much thanks for having me Thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. You can check out the link down in the description below for all of the Lego Packs Express stuff and the discount. Uh, and check out Jake's stuff. That is down link down in the description and our podcast socials. Thank you very much. I'll see you next week for another episode of the Creative Waffle Podcast. <laughs>